want you to imagine for a second that you're in the chip aisle of the grocery store. And you're looking, and you're trying to make sense out of all the flavors of Doritos. I mean, there's taco flavors. There's nacho flavors. There's ranch flavors, and it doesn't taste like ranch. And you're looking, and you turn to your left, and you look down the aisle, and you see the last person in the world you want to see. I mean, your stomach drops into your tippy-tippy-tippy-toes. Like you like are starting to figure out, okay, like what do I do here? Like do I, do I hide behind the spicy nacho Dorito bag that I have in my hand? Like that's one option. Another option is just turn and hightail it out of there. You can do that too. Or maybe you are more fight than flight and you want to go over there and go all soap opera on them and slap them across the face. Like what do you do? Who is that person in your life? Like, did, did an actual, like, face or a name come to mind? Hopefully that wasn't me. And we can talk afterwards if it was. Just don't come up here and slap me across the face, all Will Smith style, please. But who is that person? Like, I'm going to take a guess, and then if you have somebody in your life that makes you respond kind of like that, that that person has done something at some time somewhere to hurt you or someone you love somehow. Do you have somebody in your life who has hurt you? I mean, I do. I'm going to tell you a a story about that person. I've changed the names to protect the innocent, but let's call him Al. And his name isn't really Al. And if your name is Al, I'm sorry for using your name. I'm sure you're a delightful person. But I had a friend named Al. And Al was a really good friend of mine, actually. We spent time together. We had honest conversations about things going on in our life things that challenged us. We would call each other to get advice. We would call to to vent about things. We hung out. We genuinely cared about each other. We went to funerals together. And then one day, Al was just gone and he didn't die. That's not what happened. Like he just, he just ghosted me and I'll just stop being friends. And I'm not even hundred percent sure why. And then I found out that Al was saying some bad things uh, about me that, that I don't think were true. And I tried to reach out, tried to talk to him, got ghosted, no responses. And since then, I've seen Al a a couple of times, not in the chip aisle of the grocery store, but in some other areas of the grocery store. And I have to be honest with you, it was was awkward. Maybe it wasn't for him, but it was was for me. And it might seem small to you, I don't know, but it hurt me. It still hurts me a a little bit because I felt betrayed. Now I've worked through it. I've prayed about it. it. It's not a big thing in my life anymore, but here's why it was so complicated for me. See, Al and I went to church together. Stop looking around. I mean, Al's not here. Don't worry about it. We're not going to play like the price is right. Like, come on down, Al. Like, let's deal with it right now. In front of... No, we're not doing that. That's not the point. But the point is the hurt, that betrayal that I felt came from a person that I know loves Jesus. And we went to church together and it didn't make sense to me, and it felt hypocritical, and it felt, like, confusing. That hurt came from somebody who loved Jesus. Now, this is the second week of our series that we're calling Beyond a Shadow of Doubt, and we're talking about these things in our lives that make us doubt some things, maybe doubt our faith, maybe break it down, maybe doubt our relationship with God, and doubt sometimes comes from theological things, you know, like thinking about God and stuff like that, but it also comes from relational things, And sometimes people choose to not go to church or to question their faith or to doubt things because of how people, or more accurately, maybe because of how Christians have treated them. And it's not uncommon 
for me to hear somebody say something kind of like, I don't really have a problem with Jesus. My problem is with the people who follow Jesus. So church hurt is what we're talking about today. And church hurt is one of the leading reasons that people doubt their faith. Now, I think it's important when we have a conversation, you know, kind of like this on this concept to start right here. So here's where we're going to start. We are all able to be hurt and cause hurt. And I think that that's important. So maybe you haven't experienced church hurt and you're like, I don't know anything about church hurt. Adam, this is the first day that I'm here. I don't have any church hurt. And I'd say, hey, give us time. (laughs) It'll probably happen. But also what we're talking about today is applicable by and large, I think, to anybody who has any hurt, you know, in, in a relationship with a human being, because that's just part of being a human being. It's the way God treats us. We have feelings We have vulnerabilities, and sometimes those weaknesses and things that we interact with are used against us intentionally, unintentionally. People say things that hurt. People do things that hurt, and it's not fun, turns out. And it can be really significant in our lives, in our relationships. It can cause trauma, and we have to deal with it. We have to deal with it our whole lives, even. We're all able to be hurt. There are no indestructible kind of superhero powers when it comes to this. I think that's even interesting, like in the superhero world, like Superman has super strength and he has lasers that can come out of his eyes, but words still hurt him, right? And they hurt us too. Words and deeds are our past and our present. Now, here's my assumption. You know, we're all able to be hurt and that you have some hurt in your life, but also you are able to cause hurt, And that's important to remember too, because sometimes we're the ones who are hurt. And even sometimes in the exact same situations, we're the one who is causing the hurt. We're the ones doing the hurting intentionally and unintentionally. I think we're kind of equal in that regard. We're all able to be hurt and cause hurt. But I also believe that every single person in this room and hearing this online and whoever will ever hear it in the future, you have been hurt and you have caused hurt. But when it comes to church hurt, feels a little different. And I've said this before, you know, the people who've hurt me the most in my life have gone to church with me. I think it might be an occupational hazard as a pastor, you know, people like Al, but I am a pastor. And I have to say that I see church hurt all over the place. And some of the church people who are in this room right now have hurt me. So we're going to shine a spotlight on you. No, we're not going to do that. That's not what, that's not the point. That's not the point. And and listen, the point of any of this, I am going to talk a little bit about church hurt in my own life, but that's not the point of this. Pity for me is not the point of this. I'm just trying to give you examples that this happens all the time. It's complicated. Church is a complicated thing. People and relationships can be complicated. And I am not just sure that people who are in this room have hurt me. I am also 100% sure that I have hurt people who are in this room as well. Sure of it. We're able to be hurt and cause hurt. So here's kind of uh, the launching off point. Church hurt is real and it's painful and it is destructive. And we're going to define church hurt in just a second. But the term kind of reminds me of just burden, of weight. You know, the image that's in my mind. Have you ever seen like the Wizard of Oz when the house like falls on the witch and it's just like, blam, and then like the toes curl up. Like that's kind of what I think of. That's the image that I have in my mind of church hurt because it just flattens us at times. 
But here, here's how I might define it. Church hurt is the pain or the harm done by the church or really by church people or by church leadership, which, by the way, that's all of us in some way, shape, or form, probably, if you're here and you're hearing those, even if it's your first time and you haven't been in church in a long time. And this hurt that happens kind of in that church setting damages people, and sometimes it causes us to doubt God. This is kind of how it goes. It, it kind of goes, why would I worship a God, or why would I follow a God that has people who treat me like this? Why would I go to church with them if they've hurt me so much? See, church church causes pain, and it causes destruction, and it causes us to doubt. And church hurt, turns out, has been around the whole time, like from the very, very, very beginning. Early church, like it was around the whole time. Check this out. This is First Thessalonians 2, starting at verse 1. Paul is writing this. He wrote most of the New Testament. He's a part of building up the early church. This is what he said. You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. I love this phrase. You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi. He planted a church there. You know how badly we'd been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. You know how badly we've been treated. You know how badly we've been treated. Why? Because we told you, because it hurt. That's a church hurt phrase. You know how badly we've been treated. And even in the early church, hurt was a part of it. Because people were a part of the church. Because we're all able to be hurt, even Paul. And we're all able to cause hurt, even Paul. So I just want you to think about, if you have an example of church hurt in your life, just bring it to mind. You have an example of church hurt, somebody at church, around church, hurting you. Here's some examples, real examples of church hurt. Maybe you were not healthy and you were really worried about an upcoming surgery, but nobody who you go to church with reached out or checked on you, called you, made you feel unimportant. Maybe you were serving and you were really involved, but then all of a sudden you realized, hey, I'm kind of burnt out. I feel like I'm getting taken advantage of. And you told somebody and they didn't respond very well. They didn't seem to care. And you decided I'm never going to serve anymore ever, 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 ever. Or maybe you left a church and nobody seemed to notice. Or maybe you joined a church and nobody seemed to notice. Maybe you felt shamed and shunned when your marriage fell apart. Or you felt gossiped about when your kid made a mistake. Or maybe somebody at church said something that hurt you and they don't seem to care. Maybe somebody at church found out something about you and treats you differently. Maybe the church you attend handled a situation in a way that you don't understand or agree with and you felt disillusioned and you felt betrayed and you felt confused. Maybe a pastor like me, maybe me, maybe I've said something or didn't know your name or maybe you've interacted with a church that had a scandal and somebody who you felt should be trusted did something wrong and you struggled with that and made you suspicious or, or cynical. And maybe somebody in church leadership has hurt you or manipulated you or said something to you or not said something to you. And here's the thing, every single thing that I said, every single one is a real example that I have interacted with, talked to people about, prayed with people about here in the last 10 years. Real examples, real people. Church hurt is painful. And maybe you felt church hurt here at the Ridge. So before I I move on and, and address some of how to deal with it, I just want to say, if you have experienced church hurt here, I am I am so sorry. No excuses. I am so sorry. And I want to talk to you about it. I want to pray with you about it. Hopefully we can reconcile that. Hopefully we can love each other through that. But I know sometimes 
church hurt happens because we can all be hurt and cause hurt. And I am so sorry. Church hurt is real. So I want you to know if you've experienced it, I believe you. I'm sorry. And today I'm going to do my best to acknowledge that, but I'm also going to do my best and talk about how God can heal church hurt and how maybe we can change some perspectives so it's not quite as destructive, maybe, or doesn't cause us to doubt in the same way. So let's jump off right here. This is Galatians 5, starting in verse 14. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. I love this. I love phrases like this in the Bible. These are phrases that say, pay attention. I'm going to give one sentence. Maybe you can't understand the whole thing, but you can understand this. The whole law can be summed up in this one command. This is something that Jesus said, by the way. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love. And then he goes and says, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. We're all called to love each other, but sometimes we bite. Right? We know this. Have you ever been visiting a friend or you're at a family function or something and they have like a a baby and they're like, you want to hold baby Bobby? And you're like, yeah, I want to hold baby Bobby. Baby Bobby's so cute. And then they say, watch out, he's a biter. Take him back. (laughs) We don't want to be around that, right? I've been called as a father and it's like, hey, you you know, your, your kid bit somebody at school. I'm like, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to know where. Like, this is not going to be good. We know inherently biting is negative, it's bad, it's nasty. Instead of loving one another, we destroy one another. And we we kind of think, okay, church hurt, you know, oh, it's kind of like the cookie monster. We think nom, 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 and it's just like destruction, it's kind of cute. It's not like that, it's like a wood chipper. Like it's dangerous, it's nasty, it's harmful. We don't put our hand in there. But I also think that this is an important piece to this conversation. Church hurt is real, and we will talk about what God wants us to do with it. But we also need to address something, because there are some things, there are some times that we say, hey, this is church hurt, or even interpersonal hurt, this is hurt, and it did hurt, but maybe it's not exactly what we say that it is. Maybe we need to kind of think about our own responsibility in that. So for starters, here's where we're going to go. Church hurt is not, there are a few things that church hurt is not. Church hurt is not disagreeing. Not agreeing about something is not the same thing as being hurt. It might be painful. You might not like it. But disagreeing is a part of life. We're actually allowed to disagree, turns out. And if we're being loving about it, we can disagree. See, remember, love one another is how the law was summed up. But just because somebody disagreed with you in a church context doesn't mean that it's church hurt per se. Here's here's another example confronting. Say you did something wrong. You sinned against God. You sinned against somebody that you know, and they want to talk to you about it. And you don't like that. I don't know if that's church hurt either. That's, that's being in a relationship. That's healthy. If they're doing it in a healthy way and they're loving God and loving you in it, I don't know if that's necessarily church hurt, even if it's painful. See, not all pain is church hurt. In a similar way, being told no is maybe not church hurt by and large. Just because you have an idea, maybe you go to a pastor, you go to a leader and you say, I have this idea that doesn't mean it's church hurt if they say no. 
That's a part of life. That's a part of leading. That's a part of community. And it can be done in a loving way. It has to be done in a loving way. That's a lot of times where the hurt comes is it's not done in a loving way. But we need to really think through that a little bit. Now, here's one that I almost didn't put in and I kind of you know, worked on a little bit. Unrealistic expectations not being met. And I added the not being met part because it's not church hurt. And this is really important. Sometimes we have unrealistic expectations of people just in general in our families, but at church, there are terms that people use all the time in the church world. Here's one. I'm not being fed. I get that conversation sometimes. And what I think they're saying is I'm not growing my relationship with God and I don't know what to do. But whether that's true or not, that's not the same thing maybe as church hurt. My responsibility is to do my best to honor God and to point you towards Jesus. But you also have an individual responsibility to be fed and we, we, we use that in a lot of different ways. I don't like the music or it's too loud or the pastor didn't know my name or somebody said something that I didn't like on a platform like this and I don't agree with that. That's not necessarily church hurt. Or I left and nobody called, but I didn't tell anybody that I was leaving and it was in the middle of COVID. Unrealistic expectations typically lead to being hurt. But it's not church hurt necessarily. Sometimes it's because they're just expectations that can't be met. Here's the last one, accountability. Somebody, you know, says to, to you or, or to me, hey, I'm going to try to keep you accountable to this. I'm, you know, you said this and I'm going to try to talk to you about it. And it's sometimes uncomfortable and it's sometimes painful. And is it church hurt? I, I don't know. If it's done in a loving and healthy way, no. But church hurt is real. And if, a lot of times these things are not done in a healthy way. And sometimes we devour, we put each other through the wood chipper, you know, like Paul says in Galatians. So if you have church hurt, like I do, what do you do with it? How do you navigate it? What do we do with church hurt? And before I move on, I'm just going to say, please do something with it. Remember, love each other, but you got to do something with it. And maybe you're like, I don't have church hurt, but my hope is that this will be helpful for any hurt that you have. But you got to do something with it. It's kind of like having a hangnail. I had a hangnail here recently. I just kind of pulled it out. Bad idea. I thought my hand was going to fall off. It hurt so bad for like a week. But when we don't deal with things, that's kind of what happens. When we have a wound, when we're injured and we don't go to the doctor, we don't do anything about it. That's not healthy. You have to tend the wound or there more damage will be done. So here are some things that we should do with church hurt. And maybe some of them aren't exactly what, what we think. Here's the first one. Remember who's behind the hurt. And we immediately think of that person in that Doritos chip aisle. And I'm like, Al did this to me. And well, okay, that's true. Maybe the person did it, but who's the who behind the who? What if the who behind the hurt is actually Satan? Hear me out. It's not okay for people to hurt you. I'm not trying to make excuses. It's not okay for church leaders to hurt you. And I'm not letting anybody off the hook. But still, I think we need to remember where hurt comes from in the first place. I believe that one of the aims of the devil is for Christians to keep hurting other Christians. Here's what I mean. Here's Ephesians 6.12. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. It's not each other, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. See, I believe that the spiritual realm is real. If I believe in heaven, I have to believe in everything else. 
And that church hurt isn't just an interpersonal thing. It's not just relational. It's also spiritual. And yeah, people hurt you and that matters. But also unhealthy people make unhealthy choices. And we're all capable of being hurt and causing hurt. And this doesn't mean that just because you have church hurt, they were possessed or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this is exactly what the enemy wants. We are to love one another, but we need to remember that our fight is not with each other. So that's the first thing we need to do is we need to remember who the fight is with, who's behind the hurt. Here's the second one. Remember who does the saving. So a lot of times we put all of our eggs in the same basket, into the people basket. And that's understandable. We should love one another. And we might trust the person and idolize the person and might be vulnerable with them. And we need to remember that Jesus actually is the one who saves. It's not me. It's not anybody else. It's Jesus. Jesus set up things so that the church is the way that things work. And it is a bunch of flawed, sinful people who are broken. He, he chose it that way so that we would rely on him. But he does the saving. Make no mistake about who does the saving. And I, can I say something to you right now? And this is a little vulnerable and I don't really want to say it, but I'm going to anyway. Listen, do not go to the ridge because of me. Do not attend the ridge because of any pastor or any leader, past, present, or future. My hope is that you go to the ridge because of Jesus. And that you want to be a part of doing whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ because Jesus means that much to you. Listen, people will fail you. Jesus will not. I will fail you. Every leader here will. Jesus will not. And have you ever really thought about what it would have been like for Jesus in this context? I mean, he gets on the cross. He dies for where we fall short. He conquers death. He raises again. And then he sees the very followers, the very disciples that betrayed him, that ran from him, that had nothing to do with him, including Peter, one of his disciples. And he looks at Peter and he says, hey, remember that? I want to build my church on you. I want you to be a huge part of building the church because Jesus is the one who does the saving. Jesus is the one who does the healing. Jesus is the one. So remember who's behind the hurt. Remember who does the saving. Now here's the third thing. And this is the thing that a lot of us are like, yeah, we, I mean, we need to talk about this. You're right. We need to work to forgive. And you're like, no. <laughs> so you've been hurt. But you got your perspective right. You kind of see where this has come in and you understand that the hurts may be from the enemy and that Jesus cares and loves you and, and died for you. But still you've been hurt, right? How do you heal the wound? What do you do about it? So at the risk of overstating this, which I've been doing all, all morning, you need to forgive and you will not heal if you do not forgive. You will not heal if you do not forgive at least fully, it's like walking around on a twisted ankle. You're walking around and then like a week goes by and you're like, why does my ankle still hurt? Or a year goes by and you've been eating and not exercising and doing that and you're like, why are you saying that about my cholesterol? Got to do something about it. it. It's because you never stopped to let it heal. You never put in the work and not dealing with it hurts more. 
And we talk about forgiveness a lot as an action step. And there's a reason why. It's because of this. But Kyle, our student pastor at the Ridge, he just gave a talk on forgiveness. So I'm not going to get into all of the how do you go about doing this. It's a great talk. It was Thanksgiving weekend. So go look that up. But there's one more thing that I'm going to suggest when it comes to church. Because we do need to remember these things. We do need to work to forgive And I almost didn't include this either because I don't want it to come across like church hurt doesn't matter. Church hurt does matter deeply. It's painful and destructive and it causes us to doubt. However, something happens when it's church hurt versus other things and it's that people leave the church. Not a church, I mean the church. Someone hurt me and I'm out of here. I'll never go to church again because churchgoers have hurt me. So this is Hebrews 10, 24, we're going to just correct that thinking a little bit. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I love that sentence. That's not what the message is about, but I love that sentence. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, we're all able to be hurt. We're all able to cause hurt. You know who can relate the most to being hurt is Jesus. He was betrayed And still he went to die on the cross. And still he went to use broken people like you and me to be the church. And the only person in history to not cause hurt, but to heal it completely. And he says, go to church. It's a command, actually, I believe, to go to church. So the last thing that I really want to say that's in response to to church hurt. Go to church anyway. And I want to be clear, if it's an abusive situation, it doesn't mean to stay at that specific church. Like there are definitely reasons to, to go and, and seek out another church home. But oftentimes I hear somebody leaving a church or the Ridge and they just don't go to church ever again, or they don't connect in the same way. And, and the hurt, it seems, has soured the relationship with the church, which I understand because it's painful and it's destructive and it's difficult. And I understand that it stings in a unique way. When people who claim to love Jesus hurt you, then I actually understand that from my own story too. But still, we should not neglect meeting together. We go to church anyway. Now, some of you know, uh, I'm a preacher's kid. Like I grew up as a pastor's kid. I grew up in the church and the church was kind of like a playground for me, but it wasn't just a playground. It was also a battleground. And my family has been in ministry for as long as I can remember. And sometimes that means that my family has endured some significant church hurt. I've actually got some battle scars to prove it. I didn't want to give this talk today. But church is more than just a job to me. Church is more than just a calling to me. Church is a community and a command. And a long time ago, my wife, Abby, and I decided that no matter what happens, we believe this. No matter what happens at a church or because of people at a church, we are going to go to church anyway, even when it's difficult. And I recently had a conversation with somebody who has decided to leave our church. And there are sometimes really good reasons and bad reasons, and sometimes it hurts a lot, and sometimes it makes a lot of sense. But this time... It was because of church hurt. We talked about it and we prayed about it. But at the end of our meeting together, this person said, I've got to go. I'm leaving. And I asked if I could pray about where they were going to go to church. Pray for their new church. 
And there's this pause, and they, they looked me dead in the eye, and they said, why would you pray for that? My honest answer is even because I love the ridge, and I also think that the ridge is imperfect, and even though I know that there are wonderful people here that also cause hurt and have been hurt, I pray for this person to go to church somewhere else because I know this person needs church because that's how God set it up. And if it isn't the ridge, it needs to be somewhere. Because I believe that church is vitally important to our spiritual lives. God created us this way. We need one another. And he's chosen church to be a way that we grow and engage and learn and help. And one of the main goals of the church is to make disciples. And Jesus commanded these followers of his to go and to love people so much that they start to follow Jesus and they start to obey Jesus, and that Jesus starts to change their lives so much that they start to go and love people so much that they start to follow Jesus. And church is a huge part of that. And when we allow our hurt to rule us or define us, we also might believe the lie that when one person or one place hurts us, that means all Christians hurt us. Deciding to go to church anyway, I think, is a direct response to who Jesus is and what he's done. We don't go to church primarily, even though it's nice. We don't go to church because it makes us feel good. We don't go to church because people treat us well. Even though God did build us for community, we go to church as a response to who Jesus is and what he has done for us. We go to church to praise his name we go to church to thank God for the good news that Jesus came. We, we go to church so God can teach us and guide us, so he can remind us that Jesus died for our sin, and he can remind us that he has the power over death, and he can help us grow, and he can help us obey, and he can help us figure out this life. So yeah, church hurt is real, and it is painful, and it is destructive, but it isn't anything compared to the hope and the joy and the peace that comes from Jesus. So remember who is doing the hurting, but remember who's doing the saving. And remember, we all have the ability to be hurt and cause hurt. We might need to own that. We need to work to forgive. And maybe we need to work to be forgiven by a person. We've been forgiven by Jesus. But what would it do if you went and told the person you hurt, I'm so sorry. We can decide right now to go to church anyway, no matter what. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our devotion. You are worthy of us working through whatever we have to work through so that we can honor who you are and give you glory for what you've done and what you are doing in our lives. And I know sometimes that church hurt seems really confusing and harmful and hypocritical, and it probably is all those things. But I also know that you are big enough and gracious enough and loving enough to help us work through that hurt. And as we remember where the hurt comes from and we remember who saves us and we remember what it means to be forgiven in the first place, as we work to forgive others or ask others to forgive us, 
we make a decision right now to go to church anyway, not because of the ridge or anything like that, but because you are enough, you matter. We keep our eyes focused on you and we want a place to grow and to love and to be led by you. So we surrender all of that to you right now. And we thank you that Jesus is a name worthy to be lifted up that his story is the perfect story and it continues today in our lives. And we celebrate the way that you lead us, guide us, cause us to love other people the way that you love us. Thank you for your love and the cross. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.